providing you with the tools, knowledge, skills, and power to advance your career, grow your business, and build a better future for your community. We are the Tourism Academy. Welcome to Business Class. On this week's episode of Business Class from the Tourism Academy, Steve Ekstrom sits down to interview Ben Berthelot, the president and CEO of the Lafayette Convention and Visitors Commission. Ben discusses local innovations he's seen over the past year. He talks about partnerships Lafayette has made with other nearby destinations, and he reflects on the kindness he's seen from the people of Lafayette. Let's get to the show. Here's your host, Steve Ekstrom. 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 Joining me today is Ben Berthelot from the Lafayette, Louisiana Convention of Visitors Bureau. So Ben, welcome to business class. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Ah, no problem. So you're, you're one of those people that lives in the ethos. I've been hearing about you for years. We, a lot of mutual friends. You know, how did you really get your start in the tourism business? Well, I, I'm from Lafayette originally and um, graduated in public relations and I went to work for Coca-Cola where I had a college here in, in Lafayette and did a lot of sponsorships and PR and really enjoyed that. And then there was a gentleman running for our mayor's position and he approached me uh, about going to work for him as his campaign manager. And so I did. Uh, he said, if I win, you have a job. If not, you're, you're on your own. So I was 27 and single. I, f- I figured it's probably worth a worth a shot. So. I, we did that and uh, he won and I went to work for him as his assistant uh, for six years. And then I spent two years as a director of community development for our local government. And in that role, uh, I did, we did a lot of work with the, the Bureau and the arts and cultural community. So when my predecessor, Gerald Bro, who had been here for 31 years, retired, uh, he, he mentioned to me, he said, you know, you would be good at this job. And so I never really thought about it, uh, but uh, put my name in the hat and Maybe around 27 other people applied, and I was fortunate that, that the board of directors selected me, and that was nine years ago uh, in June. It's amazing how time flies, isn't it? It, it really is, and I, I've you loved know, every every minute of it. What's something that you wish you'd known nine years ago about working in tourism that uh, you've come to learn along the way? That's a really, really hard question. I, I think the main the main thing I've learned, uh, it took me a little while, is that you know, we're, we're all called destiny marketing, destination marketing organizations, which is a huge piece of what uh, we do. But several years ago, the, the, I guess the industry, some of the industry started using the term destination management organization. And that's something that really uh, struck me. And I find I spend a lot of my time now advocating for what needs to be done more from an infrastructure standpoint, a placemaking standpoint, uh, because we have, uh, we're, we're, we're really good at marketing our organization, but whether, I mean, our, our area, but no matter where you are in whatever, whatever destination, you're only going to be as strong as the destination itself. And there's a lot of things out of your control in terms of what you have to promote product development as a term that we talk about a lot. And so I think that's really been uh, the biggest eye-opener to me is um, really the need to get engaged and involved in, in the place and, and place-making and, and being uh, an advocate and, and being at the table as those discussions are made so that we can reach our fullest potential. You know, it's funny. We look at things from an educational perspective, and we find that it's about educating two audiences, the audience that's within right. 
and the audience that needs to become part of your within. Right. Absolutely. There's, there's no question. Uh, you know, externally, we, we have a great product and sometimes you, but then sometimes you forget about, uh, you know, how is what we're doing? How's that being impacted or affected or what is the perception of the locals as it relates to, to what we're doing? And there, there's a term I, I kind of chuckle at it called over tourism, because the reality is there's very few destinations that ever have to even worry about uh, over tourism. Uh, but but you're right though it's really uh, a lot of different uh, audiences and I think that's uh, hopefully where my background in public relations uh, helps out a little bit in that uh, you know we have to uh, message uh, to all those audiences it's not just about what we're saying outside of our area uh, to get those visitors to come here but it's also about what we're saying and what we're doing inside of our community as well. So I had a conversation just yesterday with a woman from the American Alliance of Museums. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she was talking about is how cultural institutions responding to COVID and to their communities using this as an opportunity to focus on sustainability right. and addressing over tourism issues. Um, have you found, what, what have you found to be the biggest point of maybe innovation locally coming out of, coming out of COVID? So many examples of innovation. The first thing that pops into my head is sort of what uh, our restaurants have done to pivot. They they were probably the fastest. The hospitality industry obviously was the fastest and hardest hit almost overnight. And our restaurants were a big piece of that. Uh, but just having, having to shift their business model to take out um, immediately and, and how they were able to pivot and, and do that. We had restaurateurs started taking their product and working with different grocery stores to where I could go get a pizza in a grocery store, a local grocery store from a, a restaurant uh, called Dino's um, just as easily as I could go to get the takeout. So a lot of different, um, I guess, pivoting, and that term gets used a lot, uh, got used a lot during COVID, but I really felt our restaurants did such a great job. But probably the best example of that is we have a festival. It's, it's the, the number one largest free francophone in the festival in the world called festival international de louisiane and that event is scheduled the last week of april every year and when covid pretty much shut down the economy that was around march 15th that did not leave much time at all for for them and i really felt bad for them but they immediately shifted to a virtual model and did such a fantastic job it, it had to have been one of the, the first festivals that went uh, virtual uh, by necessity, but uh, because of the timing, but probably the largest, if I had to guess as well, we have hundreds of thousands of people that come to that festival. And so to see them transition in a matter of four weeks to be able to pull off a world-class virtual festival uh, was just fantastic. And then unfortunately, over the course of the, the next year and a half, we, we had way too many virtual festivals. And I'm at the point now where I, if, I hope we never ever have any kind of festival virtual ever again in the world. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, uh, what would you, who would you say has had the biggest impact on your business philosophy or destination philosophy? You know, my time I spent with the mayor, uh, I think served as a great training ground uh, for this position. Uh, his name was Joey Durrell and he was a businessman who, um, who ran for office, had never run for anything in his lifetime. And, 
and, and he's the one who I quit my other job for to go work for. And just learned so much about him, um, you know, in terms of not only uh, working in government, but but budgeting. And and that's something that we all faced uh, during this COVID vaccine, COVID uh, pandemic was that uh, funding became a critical issue. And so what happens a lot of time in government is people spend spend money on recurring costs that really should be spent on uh, on one time costs. And I really learned a lot about that that dynamic uh, working for him in, in government. And so now we were in a position, fortunately, uh, just just because of the work we had done. And I'm very proud to say this that we we did not have to lay off any any employees during uh, during COVID. I uh, did not have to furlough any employees uh, during that time frame. And uh, Unfortunately, like everybody else, we just had to, we immediately had to cut spending. So we, we weren't doing the job that, that we're designed to do, but at the same time, nobody was traveling. So uh, because of that and the way we managed that and uh, some other un unfortunate circumstances, we had some hurricanes in some surrounding areas that drove a lot of traffic to us during COVID. So now we have, we have some one-time funding available and I'm really looking forward to being able to spend that uh, getting visitors back to our area on some marketing campaigns because really the hospitality industry needs us uh, more than ever because we're all going to be competing for uh, the same visitors different from experiences we've had in the past louisiana in 2005 we had hurricane katrina uh, that was a tragic scenario that shut down new orleans and, and a lot of the state the difference coming out of that was well we were the only area that had experienced that so the rest of the country was open for business um, and we just have to get people to come back to Louisiana. Well, now everybody's been closed for business, not just in the country, but in the world. And we're all competing for for those visitors. And so we, we've been working on some partnerships with other destinations uh, along I-10 to see how maybe we can partner with each other and, and not compete as much on the leisure side and, and see how we can message uh, in cohesion to, to try to get some of the people back in our our Lieutenant Governor, uh, Billy Lancaster, has been great throughout this pandemic. He he really uh, has a history of dealing with natural disasters, of, whether that be the BP oil spill or hurricanes that affected him when he was the parish president of Platinum. And so having him at the helm of our industry at this time has been great. So I, I think we here in Lafayette, we here in Louisiana are poised um, to rebound very well from the pandemic. We're already seeing that here. We Our July is going to probably be our, our biggest July ever on record. And that's something we're excited about. Quick break to tell you about Group Travel Odyssey. Tour operators, do you ever lack quality service and support from your IT provider? Are you tired of entering the same system information over and over? Well, now is your chance to be part of the GTO community. Group Travel Odyssey is software and service that helps you effortlessly manage your group travel marketing, sales, operations, suppliers, and accounting. Visit grouptravelodyssey.com to request a demo so you can personally experience our flexible software and service. Group Travel Odyssey, business without boundaries. Now back to business class with Steve Ekstrom. How would you say you know you're making a difference? Well, obviously, we all track certain numbers of hotel stays, star reports, all those things. One of the things I, I really try to focus on is, and we talked about it a little, a little about it earlier, is um, pe getting people to understand uh, what we do. And so we, we did some things early on in, you know, in terms of uh, newsletters, and um, we've always had a membership luncheon. But I, I feel like that's really how I, 
I can get a, the best feel for uh, whether or not we're making a difference is with is people when somebody can somebody can know that hey guys look we we hosted this travel rider and took them to your restaurant or your attraction and then they went out and uh, wrote a great article on on you and then that led to to increased uh, visitation to you when they can put that cycle together of the role that we played uh, in doing that uh, to me that's that's true success because uh, for us to continue to be a strong organization we have to have that local support and people have to understand what we do and so the more that we're able to do that uh, that really excites me that that's how uh, I, I sort of feel like we're being successful because we do so much and and I you know I know anytime we bring in a convention that, that we're successful but when you can really connect the dots and have make sure that the hotels understand that this wasn't going to happen without us and that the, the restaurants understand that those thousand people that were in town uh, for the convention ate at your restaurant and putting all those pieces together from an education standpoint on what we do, uh, I think is, uh, is challenging, but at the same time, it's a good measure uh, for me on that we're being successful when, when, we're, when we're recognized for what we do. A conversation that I had earlier today actually was about uh, making sure that the community has a vested interest in your success. Yes. And, and that they see that your success is their success. That's right. And, and that's a challenge at times. But the reality is, if you look at what visitors want uh, when they go to a destination, most of the time that's very much in alignment with what a local wants. You know, a local wants a strong arts and cultural scene, and a visitor is going to be looking for a strong arts and cultural scene. A local I mean, a visitor wants the ability to get out of their car and walk and bike and have connectivity and 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 most locals who have ever traveled anywhere else uh, and, and seen places like that they get it you know and so we're really not it's not different that much different of alignment from what a visitor wants a visitor wants great food well i mean locals locals are gonna, gonna want great food as well so the similarities are there and there's a lot of parallels and i think there there may be just times where where um, you have to communicate that and make sure that that it's uh, top of mind What's been your personal favorite travel experience? Wow, I've, I've been fortunate. Um, in, th in this position, obviously, to do our job, we have to travel. Uh, and uh, I've been able to travel all over the world and had a lot of firsts. And it's really hard to, to pick out just one destination that sticks out. Uh, my my uh, wife and I, she, she doesn't get a tag along with me very often because we have young kids, but we had the Destination International Summit in Monterey uh, around six years ago. And it was our five year anniversary. So she was able to come for the second half of the trip. And we made that our anniversary celebration. That that sticks up, sticks out in my mind. It was just, we talk about it all the time. What a great time we had. I was able to play Pebble Beach. We went kayaking. We, we got in the car and rented and went to, to Big Sur. And so uh, it really was, a, uh, memorable trip and, and there's been a lot a lot of trips like that and that's one of the great things about traveling and i wish everybody in our community could get out and see some of the things that that we when you go to places and you see what's possible um, i think it inspires inspires me when i get back uh, and it could be something simple you know just just like some signage we we did a trip to greenville um, south carolina several years ago uh, with with our local chamber of commerce and 
and, and learned a lot, but just something simple as wayfinding signs. They did a fantastic job with that and really looked like a first class city. And so I just left a, I just left a, a luncheon where we celebrated. Uh, we provided a local match for our downtown organization for some wayfinding signage that's really going to transform our downtown and, and help out when visitors, because mostly when a visitor comes to a destination, the first place you're going to go to is the downtown. And so uh, having this wayfinding signage is, is something that's going to be great for us. And that was as a result of us traveling somewhere else and learning, learning what they were doing and trying to come back and, and implement some of those things. So that to me, that's the beauty of travel. And then the second piece of that is experiencing different different types of cuisine and, and trying to find a, you know, a local and, and figure out where, where they're going to go. Because I will admit, prior to taking this position, um, I didn't understand necessarily the importance of uh, support our locally owned restaurants and, and for the most part I always did you know I hated those but I would, I would eat at a lot of different chains as well and even when I travel we go to the beach and we go eat at, a, at a Applebee's or Chili's and when I got to this industry I was like man why why in the world would I go would I go to Destin Florida and eat at a at a, at a chain when I can go to this great new wine bar you know that, that serves some tremendous local food and so uh and why that, that has sort of sort of served as a catalyst for, for us to keep promoting a great campaign that we do uh, that was around my predecessor started called Eat Lafayette. We're now in our 17th year. Uh, in fact, we have a big event tonight where we're going to have 30 locally owned restaurants um, uh, serving food in conjunction with the Louisiana Seafood Cookoff put on by Lieutenant Governor. But it's all about supporting, bringing awareness to those locally owned restaurants because they don't have the marketing budget uh, of a chain and and so it's just things like that I've learned over the years that uh, in the industry that we try to take back home and, and keep going. If I were coming to dinner tonight, what is one dish I would have to have in Lafayette? Wow, you're putting the pressure on me. I, I can't narrow it down to one, but I'll, I'll say jambalaya, crawfish etouffee, uh, gumbo. Start. Let's start with those three. All right. Uh, I'm game. I, I could probably catch a flight. Or a plate lunch. <laughs> plate lunch. Let's go with four. <laughs> What's been the most unique tactic you've seen to get more visitors to Lafayette? Or the most most creative? I, we, we've done, we do, I think we, we have some creativity. You know, this industry is sort of a copycat industry, and a lot of people are doing the same thing. But we, uh, very early on, um, have really embraced we're the birthplace of Cajun and Zydeco music and our musicians leave every day to play all around the world and play in front of large crowds and people just can't get over this great music. And so we started a program where we, a little marketing program where we, we support those musicians financially and they travel and they hang our banner and, and they, they hand out, you know, uh, they may throw koozies or something to the crowd. And uh, I think I really like that program because, you know, people people love that music so much, and our our musicians are such great ambassadors that you know they can say, if you like what you heard tonight, come here, come here, where it all started in Lafayette, Louisiana. And so that's something that we've done. One of the other things I'm I'm private, not necessarily so much from a creativity standpoint, because others do others do this, but from a teamwork standpoint, is for the last uh, before COVID, I guess seven or eight years, we partner with our economic development organization our university, our local government, uh, and others. And, and we have a great showcase at South by Southwest 
called Lafayette Live. And I'm pretty sure we're probably the, the, the only city with our own um, official South by Southwest showcase, at least last I heard. But that, that sort of partnership is so important. When you have your economic development folks, your university, uh, your local government, all on the same page. And what's neat about it is, is we sort of combine what we do. So we're there promoting our area as a leisure destination and such. And you have economic development folks promoting it from a, from a quality of life and a jobs scenario. But then we all get together and come together and throw one big party uh, where we show off our music and our our cuisine is one of the best attended uh, events at South by Southwest. So always enjoy opportunities like that. We had another unique opportunity to have Lafayette night at the Apollo theater. And when they launched the James Brown um, event that they did that toured all, all across the country, they actually started here in Lafayette and trained and choreographed the whole thing here. And so when it, when it was done and they finished at the Apollo theater, it was pretty neat to uh, to see Lafayette night at the Apollo Theater, and we had our we had a band there, we had some food there, and, uh, and it was a special night as well. So we're fortunate to to I think have a lot of opportunities to do that and uh, and, and share share our message, and we have a great product to share. Were you able to go backstage at the Apollo and see the signatures? I did not, I did not get to go backstage. Uh, well, I'm not going to rub it in then. Yes, There's nothing to see back there. Please don't. <laughs> uh, so we're just about out of time, but um, two two things here. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? And what's the best piece of advice you've ever given? I, I think it goes uh, sort of back to, you know, growing up in a um, Catholic uh, background and, and just really, you know, treating others as, as you would want to be treated, I think, is uh, something that I've, I've always tried to uh, to live by. And then, um, and, and in addition to that, I, I think you know, uh, we could we what I've tried to do over the, the last several years is just do a better job listening and, and, and not talking. You know, as a CEO, we tend to talk a lot, but uh, really listen, uh, do a little better job listening to to what the community is saying, what our uh, employees are saying, and, and what our clients are saying, and such. I think that's. That's pretty two, two, two pretty uh, good pieces of, of uh, advice that you know, I've received. I, I might be taking one of those to heart. There you go. <laughs> this this podcast thing is a fantastic exercise in learning to listen better. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so I wrap up every interview with a little bit of a card game. Okay. And uh, pick a number one to ten. Seven. This is a good question. What is the kindest thing a stranger has ever done for you? It, it was, this is a kind of a combination of things, but in 2016, our house flooded. And um, I tell you, we, we were just overwhelmed. We, we, had, uh, we had strangers show up um, the next day that we, you know, we had no idea who they were, but came and gutted our house, uh, started putting our things in boxes and that's something that uh, my wife and I are forever grateful for. So uh, to me, that was probably the, uh, and not really surprising because our community is a very giving community, but you, you never think you're the one who's going to need, um, need the help. But we were certainly down and out at that time frame, and to have so many strangers come out uh, and help us was a very special thing that I'll never forget. 
thank you, Ben, for joining us. I appreciate you. And until next time. Thanks so much for the opportunity. It was nice to meet you after all I've heard about you over the years. So appreciate, appreciate <laughs> what you're doing. Take a course, train your people, teach what you love, promote your products. Donate today at tourismacademy.org, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. The Business Class Podcast is produced by Stephen Gross and powered by Group Travel Odyssey. Group Travel Odyssey consolidates human resources, marketing, sales, tour operations, tour accounting, supplier management, and on-the-road management in one convenient, easy-to-use package. Improve your team's efficiency with continuously updated supplier information and pricing right at your fingertips. Group Travel Odyssey. Business without boundaries.